Hey everybody, what's up? This is Jimmy Davis. Welcome to the Moderate Podcast on Anchor.fm. Remember to visit our website at www.themoderatepodcast.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash themoderatepodcast. And finally, we are on Twitter at uh, the Mod Podcast one That's our handle there. At the Mod Podcast one the number one. Uh, we are on Twitter now as well. If you um, download the Anchor uh, app in both the uh, App Store and on Google Play, you can leave audio comments uh, for playback on future episodes. And we also invite you to support our podcast and supporters, uh, financial supporters of the podcast will get the opportunity to co-host some episodes in the future. Um, we're on a bunch of platforms now. If you just visit the website, you'll see what all the, all the different platforms that we're on. We're trying to add ourselves to even more. Um, we can also get you subscribed on our using our favorite RSS feed. So uh, that's available on the website as well. So today's episode is going to be kind of a little rant from me. I'm not going to go into any specific issues. What I really want to talk about is the political discourse in this country. And one of the reasons I've told you, if you've listened to episode zero and if you have not, I suggest that you do. One of the one of the reasons I started this podcast was because the political discourse in this country has gotten to the point where it is far more polarizing than ever. And I think what th- where this all started was with the election of Donald Trump. And the reason I say that is because they have looked at um, the election of Trump and what is considered an upset because he was a political outsider um, as a shift to the far right and showing that something like that was very successful because the left has been melting down um, ever since he announced his running for president, not much less the, the, you know, the day he actually won. And there was calls for impeachment before he was even inaugurated and all these things that are going on. Um, and, you know, we have the ongoing investigation by Robert Mueller. Now, again, we don't know where that's going to go. I think if you ask going to be on the left, you, there are, he's already guilty. And yet when the right was yelling to lock up Hillary, even though the investi- there was some investigations going on and nothing, and nothing was completed, they were saying it's, it was just political. We can't go after her. You know, it's it's funny that each, both sides use the same exact playbook. If they're being accused of something, you know, think back to Bill Clinton. If they're being accused of something, then all of a sudden it's a witch hunt and they need to stop the investigation because it's a waste of time and money. But you don't know if it's a waste of time and money until it's actually over. And now that the shoe's on the other foot, we're calling Trump a racist. We're calling him, you know, we're saying that he's Russia's patsy and on and on and on, even though he's, you know, sanctioned Russia several times since he's become president. But, you know, we're going to ignore that part. I think that both sides, the, the extreme left and the extreme right, have a, tr- a significant amount of power, mostly because people in the middle, or at least maybe that are uh, that lean left or lean right, are so disenchanted by what they're seeing and the behavior of both sides that they just don't want to be want to be involved in the process don't don't mistake 
disinterest in the process with apathy. It's not that they're paying attention, they're not paying attention. It's that they're so fed up with the whole process that there's nowhere for them to fit in. If you don't fall in line on one side or the other, you can't be part of the debate. And that's the that that is the viewpoint of a lot of people in the middle. But the reason I started this podcast was because I want to say no, that's not true. We can fight both sides. Call both sides on the bull. Both sides have a lot of bullcrap to go around for what they say. Whether it's conspiracy theories on the right with this QAnon bullcrap, we're going to talk about that eventually. Um, or on the left saying, you know, that Trump's a racist. You know, what I find funny is if you question whether racism is prevalent and we've done that. We've done that in this in on this show already. If you listen to episode number uh, number three, uh, we talked about the Twitter war between LeBron James and and Donald Trump. You know that I would, I had a very hard time discussing that issue as a white male, a straight white male. Um, I'm not the one to judge on oppression, but it seems as though. If you believe that racism is alive and well, and it's as as bad as it's ever been, I don't understand how you can have a valid opinion on the subject either. It works for one way. It seems it, it seems as though you can't have an opinion unless you agree with my opinion. Then your opinion's fine. Otherwise, your opinion means nothing. And that's where we are with, where we are right now on both sides. No one wants to listen to anybody else. And so I've decided I'm going to listen to both sides because here's the thing too. The media does, does lean left and right. There's no such thing as completely objective writing, especially when it comes to politics. It just doesn't exist. I don't even know if it's ever existed, but it certainly doesn't exist today because media outlets pick and choose what they highlight, what they report on, what they don't report on. And people, if, if, if a media outlet agrees with their point of view, their word is seen as gospel. And if it doesn't agree with their point of view, it's seen as fake news. And it happens on both sides. The left believes that Fox News is fake news. The right believes that CS, CNN, MSNBC, fake news. And a lot of the, and a lot of the newspapers out there as well. A lot of the big newspapers, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, Boston Globe, they're all biased. And they are. They are. You almost have to be, I, I guess. Because otherwise, here's, here's, where, here's where we are now. Information, because of social media, because of the internet, information is so readily available. And it gets out there so quickly that quality of reporting has gone out the window because you don't have time to be quality if you're going to sell anything. It's about selling viewers. And it seems like most media companies, whether it's, let's, let's just take CNN versus Fox, okay? They've decided who their audience is. CNN has decided that they're going to go and they're going to attract the left. 
And so they're going to put things out, that in, out there that are going to attract those viewers because they know that they're the ones that are going to tune in. So you got to keep their interest alive. Fox knows that they lean right and people that believe, you know, in the conservative movement will be the first to click on things from Fox News. Because it's funny when you look at when you look at things and people arguing back and forth and they make somebody makes a claim. They always say, oh, you must have gotten that from CNN. That's fake news. Or you must have got that from Fox News. That's fake news. Well, just by your your saying the way you said it goes to show that you haven't even looked at them at all. You didn't even try. You just assumed because it's something that you disagree with that for some that somehow makes it invalid. And then you must have got it from Fox News. It's like, did you even look it up? I've reported on here several times how Fox News has reported things. And it sounded like it could have been something that was reported on CNN. And I've read things on CNN that probably could have been mistaken for things on Fox News. The point is, is that you have to actually read the stuff to really form an opinion. What I have found is that if you want to get to the middle, to the bottom, and to get down to the facts of any news story out there, you know, if it's something involved with politics, you got to read at least four or five sources. Four or five so sources that are known to be left-leaning, right-leaning, right-extreme, left-extreme. And if they're reporting on the same things, you can read all those different sources and you're going to get four different stories. But when you get those four different stories, you can then be begin to piece together the things that are come in common. Because at the end of the day, as you read into the detail, the, the headlines is what the headlines are what catch you, and that's where a lot of people are. They're getting there. It's it's headline news that is really prevalent today because there's so many things out there. You only read the headline. You don't read much past it. So because of that, that's where they get you. That's where they. That's where you get your news. But if you start reading all these things, and you, re and you read things both that you may agree with and you that you may disagree with, that's where you're going to get the truth. And so when I look at things in this, on, in this show, I, look at, I have to look at the same story four or five different times, you know, written in from four or five different pers perspectives. And then, and then you'll be able to truly find where the truth may lie. Now, when it comes to Trump... And it comes to this Russia investigation. There, Trump is banging the drum saying there's nothing here. This is a witch hunt. There's nothing here. And therefore, uh, you need to end the investigation. And people take that as going, well, you must be guilty because you're telling me to end the investigation. And maybe that's true. But maybe, maybe, maybe the other possibility is that you don't... That, that he feels like he's not getting a fair shake because there's been people in the FBI that come out and said that they hate him. And now, do I believe that they can separate their politics from their job? I do. Because there's a whole thing about this whole deep state nonsense, which is, I think, ridiculous. It does exist. But what do you want to do? What is the alternative? What is the alternative? That you have a government that gets completely demolished and rebuilt every four or eight years is that really how we're going to operate in this country government's already inefficient as it is especially at the federal level 
we're going to make it that much more efficient that people are going to have to learn things all over again. You have career bureaucrats that have certain, the civil service system is set up in a way to protect them, to shield them from politics because we don't want them to be partisan. And yeah, that's how they run things in DC, in the federal government. But it has to be that way because otherwise it could never function. Nothing would ever get done. Because we always talk about when there's changes in elections and you people are just working for their next election. Well, that's what's going to be happening in the federal, in the whole lot of the federal government if you do it that way. So the point is, is that before we make any judgments on either side, because everyone thinks Trump's guilty, even though two years ago, three years ago, when we were talking about Hillary in the same way, you got to, oh, you got to look at it. You got to, you got to let the investigation, don't just chat, lock her up, lock her up. Now the roles are completely reversed. They're completely reversed. And here we are um, looking at things different ways. Now in Donald Trump's case, we have seen people that have been indicted and have either are on trial or will be on trial. And there's this big belief that all the family is going to follow from Jared Kushner to Eric Trump um, to Laura Trump now, and then possibly um, Donald Trump himself, Donald Trump Jr. and Donald Trump Sr. But we, and, and, and that makes, you know, he's guilty by association, right? He has all these people that are going to, you know, trial and things like that. Some of these things have happened well before he even ran for president, but that's another issue. That's a different issue, I think. But when Bill Clinton was president and Hillary, the Clintons had these people around them that were dropping dead. Uh, Vince Foster was always the famous case, right? Well, there was no guilt associate by association from, from that, right? What I'm what I'm saying, my point is, is that there's no consistency. If it, it just depends on who, who the players are. If the left is being, you know, accused of, you know, the left's leaders are being accused of something, then all of a sudden, you know, we oh we need to let the play course oh you know, well just because they're associated with them doesn't make, make him, anybody guilty by association and blah, blah, blah. And the right's like, oh my God, they all need to lock him up. And Vince Foster was killed by Hillary Clinton and all this other crap, which is bull, I think. And here now, today, we have everyone going, oh, you know, it's just a matter of time before he gets locked up and he's going to be impeached and this is all going to go away. And we've been hearing that for a while and it still hasn't happened. And really you have to really stretch to um, come up with something that would be an impeachable offense you know if you want to use the the fact that he's had bankruptcies in his businesses before and you know this is all just a big money grab for him and blah 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 uh, okay fine um i think he was doing just fine financially before all the you know this whole president thing happened um he didn't need to have become president of the united states to enrich himself and his friends because they've done that quite a you know quite well for themselves now paul manafort um you know he's got himself in a lot of hot water i think and uh, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna be nailed down for it it's not looking good for him um but again uh 
um, he was brought into the, the Trump administration and things went south with him because all, all this, you know, stuff with Ukraine. And oh, I'm not supposed to say the Ukrainians, it's just U Ukraine and Russia and all those people. Um, all of a sudden, we're going to have he distanced himself from Paul Manafort and now here he is on trial. And apparently there's been some threats and we're going to talk more about the Manafort trial as it, as it continues um, on an upcoming episode as well. But the point is, is that until there is an indictment, until there is more evidence that are coming out and there's a lot of things that can't be revealed, obviously, if you know, ongoing investigation, you're not going to find out what it is. It's kind of like with Hillary Clinton's emails. Everyone's like, ah, oh, we need to see all those emails. We need to all see those emails. Well, if they are, if there were truly confidential things or top secret things in those emails, I don't want to see them because that could be a threat to national security. So why should we see those emails? Why does the American public have a right to see those emails if they're top secret? There's a reason that our, our government needs to keep things secret sometimes. It's because it, it could affect our national security. We don't, if we know it, guess what guys, if we know something, our enemies know it too. It's not that hard to figure out. So things in the government need to say secret sometimes because there's real threats out there. And if we just blah, 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 all of our secrets, guess what? That's going to put us all in danger because that's all we've got. If they got dirt, if they got strategies of how they're going to take care of things, things that are going on, operations that they have going on, infiltrations they have going on in, in terrorist groups, let's say. Do we need to know about that? Because as soon as we know about it, they're going to know about it too. And it puts our assets in nature. So we need to think about these kind of things. And it, and it goes both ways. It, ha it goes both when, whether it's President Obama or President Trump. So I think we, my point here, my point in all of this is we need to be careful about the precedents we set. And there's been this big push that the Russian meddling in the 2016 elections um, was a threat to our democracy and that Facebook, you know, Bernie Sanders says things like Facebook and Amazon are a threat to our democracy. I mean, give me a break. Give me an effing break. If anything, our ability to communicate and freely express ourselves has be never been at a higher level. We have never had so many opportunities to do that. How many, in the past, before Twitter, before Facebook, before the internet, how often could you, do, you know, if you wrote to the president, if you wrote a letter to the president, how often would he see that? But now he's tweeting. Now you have the president of today tweeting, and you can reply directly to that tweet, and he can see it very easily whereas a letter that you wrote to the to the white house it probably never made it to the president's desk in front of his own eyes but your twitter messages do so freedom of expression freedom of speech is alive and well folks now we had that thing with alex jones on facebook but that's not the only outlet in the world to communicate his website still exists He's still able to produce his podcast and give his wild ass theories. Cause again, there's wild on both. And I'm going to have to bleep that out at 1953. There's wild stuff on both sides. 
And we know, most of us know, most normal people know that there is a certain amount of um, bullcrap on both sides. I know it. And you know the other thing that bothers me about the left? I will tell you something that really bothers me about this whole discourse that we've I've seen in this country lately is the amount of condescension on the left and how they are making themselves to be these mental you know mentally superior people and that you know Trump supporters are a bunch of dumbasses and they just support the rich and um okay well if they're rich they must have gotten out that way for a reason i mean you know it don't let your jealousy um blind you to the fact that most of these people that are wealthy especially if they're independently wealthy they became wealthy on their own um are brilliant people because i don't know too many people that are that are rich and that are stupid and usually when they're rich and stupid like lottery winners they get their fortune and then they blow it and they end up in more debt than they were before so money that is earned wealth that is earned tends to be done by more intelligent people and there there are democrats and republicans that are wealthy i like to remind you and there are very intelligent people brilliant people on both sides of the aisle but yet republicans are now being you know clouded these racist they're all racist um and they're being judged as racist by a lot of white people i've noticed which is really funny um and i don't know what you do with uh, it's amazing to me how much vitriol is is thrown towards um african americans that happen to be conservative and there are a lot of those out there and so again they call those people racist Af conservative african americans they call them racist i kid you not and they call them a bunch of names but that's not racist i'm confused if you call don lemon which is something that if like donald trump called don lemon the dumbest man on television and that's racist but if you're a liberal and you call a conservative black woman a name that isn't racist i'm just confused so if you're liberal you're not a racist and if you are conservative you are racist regardless of your race there are a lot of racists that come have come out and i hope i didn't lose a lot of uh, footage there <laughs> some audio difficulties so apologize for that um the right's not out of the woods either on this they're not there's plenty of racist people you know we have these white these um white supremacist rallies and they had top they happen to be trump supporters and um donald trump does a really crappy job of coming out against them whether he actually agrees with them or not i don't think he agrees with them i don't think he is like that but um I think we've heard a lot of people on the left and right say some really stupid things in this country. And I wish we could clean it all up and actually have intelligent, rational discussions. 
It doesn't even have to be intelligent. It just has to be rational. It has to be civil. And we're losing civility in this country on both sides. Again, it's amazing the ugliness that this Trump presidency has brought out in both sides. And we'll see what these midterm elections come turn out to be. Both sides are very confident that they're going to win. And I think the left is, is looking at it and going, okay, the, the Republicans won by going far right. So the only way we're going to be able to win is to go far left. And in the process, what we're doing is we're stifling out reasonable voices. Because now you're going to have the extreme, the worst of the worst from each side. That's who we're going to have. That's going to be our choices. We're going to have to go. We're going to have to either choose between the extreme right and the extreme left. And our last moderate president is probably going to have been Bill Clinton. Because he was pretty, you know, now he may have come in as a liberal, but he had to move to the center because he was working with a Republican Congress. And the only way he was going to be able to um, get things done was to compromise and to work with them. And he did a good job of that. A lot of people would be very, do not want to admit that, especially if they're on um, the, the right, but he did that. And George W. Bush wasn't that bad either. Although he was, you know, if you ask people on the left, he was, he was absolutely terrible. And you ask people on the right, and Obama was absolutely terrible. I don't think he was that bad. The reality is, is that we're in election season, and including at the local level. And really, your city council, your school boards, your county supervisors, your state legislators, your governors, that's really where things affect you the most. And we're going to talk about later uh, on a different episode about democratic socialism and the rise in democratic socialism and why that, that type of government probably would not work in this country because of how we're structured. It's not that the philosophy would necessarily not work, although I, I do have a lot of problems with it. It's, I, don't, I don't even think it can get off the ground based on how this country is structured. And we'll get into that in, in a different episode as well. So we're going to have a lot coming up in the next few weeks on this show as we start getting into what I call crazy season um, with the election. So anyway, thank you for joining us on the Moderate Podcast. I appreciate you bearing with me on this rant. Uh, remember, again, to visit our website at themoderatepodcast.com. Remember to uh, support us, to financially support us. Um, if you do support us, you can co-host a future podcast. Um, download the Anchor app in the App Store and Google Play to leave audio comments. Um, and if you like what you hear, please describe it. Any of those um, podcast uh, providers that are there, we're trying to add even more. And as we do, they will be available on the website as well. Our bumper, bumper uh, excuse me, our bumper music is uh, provided by Purple Planet. Visit www.purple-planet.com. And until next time for the Moderate Podcast, I'm Jimmy Davis. Keep it real.